You can blame Wayne Barnes for over-officiating and for wringing the life and the flow out of the game, but you cannot blame him for the result. It is just appalling. It really is appalling that in 2023, a referee for a rugby game is receiving threats. Death threats, no less. In my eyes, at least, there was no one big decision, no one refereeing error, which we can blame for the result. Even the decision to disallow Aaron Smith's try and to go back five phases, even though the law clearly stipulates you can only go back two phases, was more or less undone by the fact that we scored in a very similar position just a few minutes later. The function of the TMO is surely a greater issue than any decisions that were made on the paddock. First of all, there needs to be consistency. Secondly, they surely should only be using TMO to review the very last phases of play before a try is scored or the grounding of the ball. And thirdly, as much as I know we need to improve player safety, any time you slow down an impact in rugby to a frame-by-frame agonising TV reflection, the contact looks so much worse, it looks so much more sinister. By the letter of the law, Sam Kane deserved a red card. Tough they may be, but the rules for head contact were not introduced last week. He should have known better. By the letter of the law, Sia Khaleesi could reasonably argue that there were just enough mitigating factors in his contact to spare him an upgraded card. But here's the thing. Big games are decided by little moments. The All Blacks missed two kicks at goal. They turned down points to play for tries instead. They dropped the ball or spilled it forward at critical moments. And yes, they couldn't rely on much luck when it came to officiating. South Africa desperately held on. The ABs might have been more exciting, sure, but ultimately South Africa were deserving winners. And even the keenest Springboks fans watching that game, I think, would have to agree. This time, rugby was not the winner on the day. 92, 92 is the text number. Jack at newstalkzb.co.nz. Jason Pine's going to be with us very shortly. He has had a massive 24 hours. To be the first guy on Sports Talk after a game like that is an experience like no other. So we're going to check in on um, Jason Pine's personal well-being and mental health <laughs> after an afternoon on Sports Talk very shortly and get some of the um, some more of the reaction from around the world to that extraordinary Rugby World Cup final. Right now it is 10 minutes past four on News Talk ZB. Lucrative pay and housing packages are luring a number of our police officers across the Tasman with concerns that numbers could snowball. Australian police figures show 77 officers are leaving to work in Queensland and close to 20 are heading to the Northern Territory. Starting out, constables in the Northern Territory are being offered $100,000 a year, 20 grand to help them relocate, and a rent allowance on top of all of that. Compare that to the fifty-six dollars to $76,000 a year that training police are offered here in New Zealand. Chris Cahill is president of the New Zealand Police Association and is with us. Hi, Chris. Good afternoon. So, almost 100 officers by those um, data out of Australia. Is that a lot? Well, look, it mightn't sound like a lot, but I mean, if you look at it this way, it's close to two recruit wings. So, you know, we've got to find those replacements. But as you said in the introduction, the real concern for me is if they get over there and what they see is as good as what they've been told, 
they'll start telling their mates and it will snowball, you know, one tells one, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's a real concern because, look, financially, it is a very good deal so do, with working here. So do you reckon, how likely um, it, how likely is it that the interest is greater than those numbers reflect at this moment? I think much, much uh, very likely that it's much higher. I've never heard as much talk, both you know, w- w- with individual officers I'm talking to, with groups I go around, but also on social media, mm. uh, without a doubt. And and look, we're ripe for it. We've got these young officers. We've recruited about three thousand in the last six years. They're what they want. They want ones with you know three to five years experience. Mm. Um, that, that are going to be the future of their policing and they're going to steal them from what should be the future of New Zealand's policing. And and you can understand it, right? Like fr- From a rational perspective, if you're a young police officer in New Zealand, seeing those ads advertising life as an Australian police officer, looking at those salaries, it, it's a it's an understandable decision. Look, it is. Look, if, and, and when you're talking Queensland, very much so. I mean, Northern Territories, it's yeah. a tough gig. Yes, you get a lot more but you've got to do some pretty tough policing in remote Aboriginal communities. But when you're talking Brisbane, Ipswich, Cairns, places like that, yeah. actually New Zealand know those places. They've been there. They've spent time there. It's a different kettle of fish altogether, and that's the one I'm concerned about, to be honest. What have we done? What has the New Zealand police done to try and keep our officers here? Yeah, well, that's that's what... What, what's the other thing around this whole their timing for Australia is perfect because we've, we've got no settlement and a pay negotiations yeah. that we've been doing for months they're now stalled because of the change of government and Treasury wouldn't give police any budget to negotiate further so we're just waiting and we're probably going to be waiting to be honest till next year for a resolution and then secondly we've obviously got um, massive increase in demand so cops are working so hard they're working overtime they don't get paid for we don't have paid Mm. overtime in New Zealand they only get time off in lieu um, and then they get told to take that when it works for police not when it works for them or their families so it really is a a bad time for these Australians to be coming because uh, from a New Zealand perspective it's not just money eh like it's it's everything it's you know I think if you were to say to most New Zealand police officers or many at least that sure you might earn a few extra bucks in Australia but actually you know we're going to do our best to make conditions here as suitable to you and your lifestyle and the lifestyle of your family then they're more likely to stay here yeah that's dead right and it's just not what police uh, are seeing out there at the moment as I say that The demands on their time are bigger than ever. They're not seeing an easing in workloads. They're not seeing the way they work easier. They don't feel safer. And then, of course, there mm. is the simple issue that um, you know they're not getting a pay rise. And mm. they're seeing that. And they're going, well, you don't value us, so let's go somewhere that does. Mm. Thanks for your time, Chris. That is Chris Cahill, the president of the New Zealand Police Association. For more from Heather Duplessy Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.